Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Jalen Whitlow and Gershon here for another episode of Believe in Kentucky on the Believe Podcast Network. Get it wherever you get all your podcasts. Uh, watch it on YouTube. Listen on TuneIn. Wherever you get it, we are there. Talking some UK football, fellas. And look, man, correct me if I'm wrong. The theme is a lot of returnees, a lot of additions. We got a lot of that happen since the last time we talked. Yeah, which has been good. There hasn't been that many uh, guys who have left between now and then. I just, I think, just Kobe Albert, the uh, safety, who is a four-star guy that you hate to lose before really getting to see him do anything. But you know, such is life nowadays. And obviously, Kentucky's loaded at safety. But yeah, you get JJ Weaver back. It looked a little cuspy there at the end, but you get him back. Brendan Bates coming back a sixth-year. Kenneth Forsey coming back a sixth-year. And the most important piece, in my opinion, your offensive coordinator who gave you the best year uh, this program's had on offense in a decade, uh, he's coming back. So uh, a lot of good stuff. And, you know, it's January 11th. The season ended uh, 10 days ago, whatever it was. And there's more excitement and more people wanting to talk football than basketball right now in Lexington. That is where we are at. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I – I kind of feel the same way, man. Uh, you know, it's good to see those guys come back. I think the biggest thing is the coaches are super ecstatic because they get leadership back, man. They get, yeah. they get grown men in that locker room back. You know, six years in a program is like, I mean, you know, that's like an NFL vet, you know, staying with one team. That's, you know, that's pretty good. So they'll be excited for that. You know, you can retain some leadership. Uh, you can retain some of the maturity of the team. Uh, you know, that'll be that'll be very, very important, especially with the tight end room. Uh, it'll make things even better because more competition. You know, he yeah. don't want to be a six year guy on the bench because you got two really young guys who are really good. Um, so that'll be that'll be good. That'll be, you know, very intense room. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure, you know, Coach Morrow will, will definitely play to that. Um, but, you know, up front, you get a guy back who, again, six year man, uh, you know, so you can't help but to improve, I would think. Uh, from just a maturity standpoint, just a, a understanding standpoint, uh, X is a no standpoint, what he been, you know, six years, he's been in four different, five different offenses or four different offenses. So, um, you know, the level of football knowledge has grown exponentially for that guy, I'm sure. So, you know, it, that's a great positive. And of course you get a coordinator back who was there in 2021. Again, you know, probably gave Kentucky the most exciting and best offense since I don't know when, uh, so that's you know <laughs> that's that's really important, you know. So I, I think going into you know they'll they'll I think as a coaching staff they will go into this off season with like a, an extreme chip on their shoulder, uh, you know, very you know very intense off season program. If I had to guess, um, I'm not in the program, but I know people around the program, and I'm I'm 100 sure that's what it'll be. Um, very very intense off season. Uh, very uh, chippy in spring, I'm sure it'll be, because it'll be a lot of guys, man, that's fighting to, you know, kind of get the program to know where they know it can be. And also some guys coming back because, you know, you got to take into account the human aspect. They want to get better and improve their draft stock. So uh, you, you'll see a lot of competition this spring. Uh, you'll see a lot of growth, I'm sure. Um and a lot of, you know, a lot of change in a way, because I'm sure, you know, they got to kind of empty the tank when it comes to what happened last year and get that out of the way and kind of, you know, get to some sunlight, um, you know, and, and hopefully get the quarterback in the spring. So I'm sure it's an exciting time for uh, Mr. Mark Stoops um, and Liam Cohen and, you know, and Brad White, because I think, uh, you know, they, you know, they kind of cooking with high grease when it comes to leadership coming back. 
Yeah, and two things off that. One, I mean, you're going to, as we've talked about on this podcast a lot, rightfully so, you're going to start on time this year, right? Liam's going to be here on January 18th, so a week from uh, today, Wednesday. Uh, so they're going to definitely get spring ball started on time and you already have some continuity there. So that's great. And two, when you talk about the competition and you're totally right, you know, now in this day and age, guys are fighting to stay, right? Because a lot of the conversation after spring ball, because the transfer portal is going to close up on the 18th and then it's going to open back up uh, from May 1st to 15th. A lot of those conversations after the spring are, hey, man, you're fourth on the depth chart. If you want to look on other look for other options hit the portal. And we've seen that, you know, the last two springs at Kentucky last year, I think it was over a dozen guys uh, who hit the portal after the spring season. And then a couple more uh, like Bo Allen and Joel Williams in the summer. So, I mean, it's an important time. And usually the guys who come in for spring ball are guys that want to be back because if they weren't, they would have hit the portal already. So, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys, you know, fighting to kind of, that's what's be- the beauty of having depth. They're going to be fighting to not get buried on a, a good depth chart. And um, it's a good problem to have, but it, it, and it brings out more competition and that should make, you know, for a fun, you know, two or so months of, of spring practice and then a, a game at the end of it. Going back to <clears throat> what you said, Jalen, about how uh, intense it's going to be, you know, with, with the, with the tight ends, with Bates coming back, well, Aaron, we had Isaiah Cummins on here before yep. the start of the season, which this will kind of be like a fresh start for him, you know, having Cohen come back and probably have a prominent role in the offense or a better chance at oh, yeah. having a prominent role in the offense. But, you know, we just asked him straight up what was, you know, the big dog like. You know, we everybody loves him. We all see him at KS Bar. We see him out and about doing this and that. But – that's your position coach. So what is he like? And he, you know, he talked about how he's a player's coach, but he was also intense and demanding, just like you said, it was going to be for everybody, you know, cooking with this hot grease, but uh, you want to move on from last year. And you, like you said, it's going to be intense. So that's just, just made me think of that conversation we had with Isaiah and that's, that's how it's going to be again. No doubt. And it's for guys like Isaiah, he's probably on that, I wouldn't say chopping block, but he's probably on that that kind of bubble what we're talking about, right? Uh, the spring is an opportunity to stand out and kind of get a foot up on the competition. And if he finds, even with Liam back, where he had his best year of his career, that it's not a good fit or he's behind Caddis, Dingle, um, even some of the other guys in the room, maybe he decides it's best for him to move on. That You're going to learn a lot this spring. And it goes both ways, right? Because the coaches, they're going to see, okay, we need, th- we need help. It out. Like, for example, I think the area – where they're probably going to want to hit the portal between now and the start of the season is outside linebacker. Cause you have JJ Weaver coming back, which is huge. The next ex- most experienced guy is Keaton Wade. I mean, there's not much there uh, with Jordan Wright leaving uh, and just some of the attrition at, at that position. So, you know, it's a chance for those guys to say, no, don't recruit the portal. We're good. We can handle it. And if not, you know, what has Mark Stoops kept saying the last couple of months, I'm always trying to recruit uh, to take your job. So I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what this is all leading into. Yeah, I, you know, I you know, I can't disagree with any of that. I feel like uh, kind of going back to what Vinny said, you know, and to your point too, Aaron. I think you know that, and, and I you know, it's one of those things where you almost have they have so many tight ends in that room. Speaking of tight ends specifically, right now they got so many guys in that room. To Nine on Scully. Somebody's going to transfer. Two of them's yeah. going to transfer. We know that, right? That's that's a guarantee. Uh, whoever they are, we don't know. But two, it won't be Dingle. Uh, it won't be Caddis. No. But two of those guys, two of those guys, going to transfer in that room. Um, you know, you got. It's going to be. You have to be a tight end. You have to be a twelve personnel type team coming back. Uh, I just think you do. Now, you can throw in some 11, you know. It'll probably be a lot of balance between 12 and 11, if I had to guess, uh, because you got three pretty good receivers. Uh, one, in my opinion, game changer on the team. He's, in my opinion, the best player on the team, which is Barry Young Brown. Yeah. Um, and you have Dan Key, who's a steady guy, who's going to be who's gonna make his plays, you know, find grass in, in zone, you know, make his plays, go up and get balls when, when, it's, when it's in the air. You got uh, a vet, you know, with Tay Robinson, I think um, 
he's kind of a bubble guy when it comes to where they go as far as personnel groupings most of the time. A, a coordinator want to be able to say, this is my best 11. Regardless of what happens, they want to say, this is my best 11 right here. So I think that bubble spot is going to be between uh, Robinson and whoever is that second, second and a half tight end. That's the bubble spot, you know, because yep. we all know that you can do more in the pass game. You got more speed on the field in 11 personnel. There are advantages to going 12 personnel. And I'm sh- I'm sure that'll make sense of 21. I'm sure that'll make sense of 13 from time to time. Uh, which is one run back, run running back and three tight ends. So, yep. but you know, coordinator want to find a comfort spot, and that comfort spot for them is is on a, is on a line, it's on a bubble right now because you got who, who's better, the second tight end or the third tight end or Tay Robinson or whoever's that third receiver. So that's going to be interesting to see from a coordinator standpoint, from an offensive guy. I know I'm waiting to see that because you got to find somewhere to live, you know, as a, as a coach, you got to find your best eleven. When the game's on the line, everything is even between two teams. Who are your best 11 to go out there and, and, and do what you need to do? So I'm interested to see how that goes because there's going to be somebody not necessarily happy at receiver. It's just a reality, right? You can't, you only have one football on the field. So um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see who that guy is. But I can say that there's a good, uh, there's a good balance on the team. And this is a good problem to have. I mean, shoot, man, go back six years and they're looking for guys to compete. You know now, uh, now they have a they have a problem with. We have a lot of guys who we think can play at a high level, but all of them can't get on the field. So that's that's a great problem to have um, if you're Mark Stoops. But you know, I'm anxious to see how that thing shakes out because I think if I, you know, just from me knowing Liam Cohen from afar and knowing how they like to run offense, uh, they like to be an eleven personnel, more speed on the field. College is a space speed game even more so than the NFL. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes, man. That's one of those things where what I'm uh, I'm very, very intrigued by. Yeah, and to your point, they have eight eight scholarship tight ends. That is a, that's a big number. And I guess one is a fullback in, in Justice Dingle, but still. So seven tight ends. And yeah, then at wide receiver, at wide receiver, we've got nine scholarship guys. So. And I forget about Justice Dingle, man. I mean, he's a, you know, He's a guy who you have to play, you know, at, at fullback. Uh, you know, he's, I mean, he, he just – he has talent. He's a he's that type of player. He has that body style. He gives you an advantage, gives you an, an extra gap in a run game. Mm. Uh, so you got to you gotta find ways to get him in the field, on the field and kind of, you know, uh, showcase his talents and his strengths. So it'll be fun to watch. You know, this is my first time I can honestly say this, and I think a lot of people agree with this. This is my first time ever seeing – Kentucky, from a talent standpoint, have an issue with too many guys that they got to, they got to get the ball to. I, I this mean, is my first yeah. time ever seeing that. I don't care, you know, for me, at least watching Kentucky from when I got there to now, this is my first time ever seeing, wow, we have so many guys that um, that we can get the ball to that, you know, we know somebody's going to be disgruntled. You just saw Aaron Anderson from Alabama leave and transfer, you know, back to his home state, LSU. And they had a couple other guys leaving the transfer. I mean, there's only one football. So uh very, very good problem to have if you if you're on a coaching staff. I think you could say that about the program as a whole, right? I mean, look at safety. Normally, if you could lose a guy like Kobe Albert, who was a four-star that you flipped from Auburn on signing day and he leaves after one year, fans are in an uproar. The coaching staff's disappointed. You got Jordan Lovett, you got Zion Childers, who played really well at the end of the year. Alex Afari is only a sophomore. You're getting Vito Tisdale and Jalen Geiger, Geiger back from injury. I mean, the room's loaded. And then same thing, even on the even at um at defensive tackle, right? I mean, yeah, you don't want to lose Justin Rogers. He's a starter and he's a staple in that room. But you have Deion Walker, who's a freshman All-American. You bring in Keyshawn Silver last week, a guy who was a top 30 prospect, uh, and you know, didn't really get a shot last year, but we'll see. And you saw how well Jamari Stinkins was playing at the end of the year. You have Josiah Hayes coming back. I mean, the amount of depth this roster has really at every position outside of maybe outside linebacker, and I think cornerback, there's still a lot to kind of be sorted out there. There's just a lot of unknown. I mean, there, there's depth all over the place, there's no excuses, and I think that's why this is such a, a crucial camp. Uh, we're about a month and a half away from here. Absolutely. Um, a couple guys who did leave have signed some future contracts. Quandre Mosley, future contract with the Patriots. 
uh, Josh Ali, future contract with the Falcons. So, you know, congrats to those dudes. That's good. No doubt. Jalen, uh, you said college was a speed and space game. Um, we didn't talk about it last week on the show. I think we talked about it after we finished recording. Uh, our thoughts on <laughs> the national championship. But Georgia had all the speed and all the space <laughs> Monday <laughs> against poor TCU. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that, that, you know, yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that, that was. Hey, look, you know, I I, I knew that it would be uh, a one sided game. I didn't know that it would be worth turning off. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I can't say that I I knew that it'd be one sided. I had Georgia, you know, blowing them away. Like one of my old coaches would say, that was a boat race. You know, that that was. I mean, that the TCU didn't belong on the same field as Georgia. I mean, it nowhere was, nowhere no. close, nowhere close, and that's. And that that kind of you know in a way, from a certain perspective, it kind of hurt college football, because at the end of the day, and I tell I told people this a while ago, and I'll say it again on here, regardless if you make the the playoff sixty teams, there's always going to be three teams that's gonna it's, it's always Alabama, it's always Georgia, and there's always a third team whether that's Ohio State, whoever else or whoever else or whoever else, Clemson, whoever it may be, there's always. That's what it is right now, you know. Yeah. And Alabama, in my opinion, was one of the four best teams. Now, granted, they shouldn't have made it. They lost two games. Well, but they were definitely one of the four best. Definitely one of the, Georgia doesn't beat Alabama sixty-five to seven, man. They, you know, they may beat them. They may beat them. You know, uh, you know, thirty-four to to twenty. I think it's know? a four-quarter game. Like last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, they. Yeah, they may beat them thirty-four to twenty, but they don't beat them. I mean, dude, like that's. That's that's a bad look on college. Yeah. I, you could kind of justify now why some people say that they don't watch college football. They they like watching the league because if you look at the the numbers, most of the NFL games they always come down to one or two possessions. Yeah. Almost all of them, you know, week in and week out, regular season, mm-hmm. you know, playoffs, Super Bowl, they always come down to about one or two possessions. And, and I and I understand kind of where people are coming from because nobody want to see sixty five to seven. That game that game was over. That game was over midway through the second man. Midway through yeah. the second quarter, you can turn that game off. I mean, I thought it was over in the first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it virtually it was, but I was like, yeah. okay, you know, give them a chance. Maybe TCU could, you know. But, man, I mean, from the first snap, I mean, you had Max Duggan who missed a couple huge throws early on. Yeah, they were there. Uh, that could have, that could have, you know, kind of, you know, gave them a couple coins. But, um, you know, it, it was – that was bad, man. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that was that was That was crazy. We yeah, tear. Go ahead, Vinny. Yeah, yeah. We talked, like I said, we, I don't know why we didn't say nothing about it when we were on, but after we were finished, uh, I think I said, I said 41 14. They had that at halftime. That <laughs> they was, didn't even get the 14. I mean, it was it was 38 7 at halftime. They almost had my my pick for the whole game at halftime. I was like, George just started putting out the guys that I haven't even heard of yet. But they're probably four and five stars, and they were kicking TCU's starters' ass like at the end of the game. It was yeah. just, I mean, it shows you just what Kirby Smart is building there, and it it was pretty ballsy of David Pollock, but he's right to say right in front of Nick Saban on TV that uh, George is the the new you know team to beat or whatever exactly his words were. He's right, but to say it right in front of Nick Saban's face was a uh, man that that takes some uh, that takes a lot. So good for him, I guess. But yeah, it's, but to your point, I mean. Well, with the NFL, the reason that, you know, a lot of people like you mentioned the close games, look at the playoff picture, man. Seven of the 14 teams in the playoffs weren't in it last year. My Giants were freaking four and 13. They're in it. The Jaguars, were, I think they won three games the last two years. They won their division. I mean, it it's crazy the parody in the NFL comparatively uh, to college football. And so I do I do understand that, uh, unfortunately, as someone who loves both of them. But um uh, <laughs> this year, though, I don't know. I, I I really think, and you're right, Alabama didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. You lose two games. Granted, they were by, I think, a combined four points, but you lose two games. It's never happened. And, you know, TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State were all consistent, more consistent all, all year, and they deserved it. But I just think if it were the four best teams it, this year, and not to say they got the committee got it right, but I think the four best teams this year probably were – 
at the end of the day, Georgia, Alabama two, and then you could pick your order of three and four. I think that's just the facts, but um, it just shows you how good the SEC is, and uh, it's only getting better if Texas and Oklahoma get it straightened out. There you yeah, go. That, yeah, and I was saying that um, I saw a guy text, there's never a Cinderella story in in, uh, in FBS football. You get it at FCS, you GCU get it at the closest. Yeah, they were, they were closest I ever seen. You get it at F, FCS, you're going to always get it in, like, basketball. You always get it in D2, D3 football, NAIA. You'll get it there because there's a different it's a different ball game, but there's never a Cinderella story at this level. No. Um, you know, it's just, it's just it's just not. And I think TCU was the team that everything failed for them to get there. They was never they was never good as Georgia. They never no. belonged the same field as Georgia. But a lot of things happened. I mean, running on the field at the last second to kick a field goal, you had teams in front of them just collapse. And he had uh, two pick sixes against Michigan. Yeah, I mean, e- even go back to Tennessee and South Carolina. Tennessee gets in with one loss. They lose to South Carolina. Hit and hook get hurt, and they get blown out by South Carolina. What's the odds of that happening? Very nobody low. predicted. Nobody predicted that. Uh, and it just a lot of dominoes fell for TCU to get in there, and they just seem like a team of destiny. But it always seemed like that stuff run. It always seemed like it run out. And- uh, it, it like runs out all the time, and, and it ran all the way out. Like they, they, <laughs> they couldn't do nothing right. And once nah. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia know they were lucky to beat Ohio State. Ohio State kicks a field goal. Oh, they, they, that yeah. was their natty, man. Yeah, if Ohio State kicks a field goal, then Ohio State is beating TCU forty-two to seven instead of uh, Georgia sixty. Uh, TCU might get fourteen on so, that. Yeah, but no matter how they do it people aren't going to be happy, especially people outside of the South. Well, Alabama's not in there. Okay, you don't have two SEC teams in there this year. They had what they wanted this year. Two Big Ten teams are in there. (laughs) It's the Big Ten teams. This is the Big Ten's year. Michigan choked it away against TCU. Ohio (laughs) State botched the field goal. They choked it too. They were up up some scores. There you go. You had a chance to have it. The SEC shouldn't have won it this year in their minds, and Georgia still wins it. Then there's the years they whine when you have two SEC teams in it, which is going to happen more often than not. No matter how you expand it, it's just going to be more chance for the SEC. People are going to whine no matter what because this is just what it is. Vinny, what happened the two years that the SEC got two spots? What was the national championship game, those two, both of those years? (laughs) Uh, LSU and – no, Georgia, Alabama. Georgia, Bama. They, play, yeah. they played. They yeah. played each other twice in the national. And, LSU, Bama. What the nine to six? No, Bama was. That was the year Bama was. A, yeah, twenty one. Uh, I think LSU was the only team that got. Oh yeah, that's right. Twenty twelve, right? Yeah, the BCS championship. Yeah, yeah you played, had it there. Yeah, it was a rematch. Yeah, that's pre. Right, that's pre college football playoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the game that LSU didn't cross the fifty until like the fourth LSU, quarter. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they they looked like Kentucky in the in the in the Music City Bowl. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, expand it, whatever you want to do. People outside the South aren't going to be happy. <laughs> just, I mean, either beat them or quit whining. That's, and that's what, why what do you think? think? And that's like, that's the thing that kills me with some of these fans, especially now that we have the stupid separation with the basketball leaning people and the football leaning people that everyone's like, oh, Mark Stoops has never won the SEC. You know how hard it is to win 10 games in this league if you're not at Alabama, Georgia, maybe LSU on a good year? I mean, it's really freaking hard. Uh, just look at the teams you play week in and week out. Like like Jalen was saying, man, Tennessee is a you know collapse away from it possibly being Tennessee and Georgia making the playoff. Uh, <laughs> South Carolina, to their credit, uh, ran the table at the end. They beat Tennessee and they beat Clemson. And I mean, uh, you look at what obviously what Georgia did. You look how good Alabama is. LSU one year under Brian Kelly, they're back in the SEC championship game, and they got as good a roster as anyone going into next year. I mean, it is just it's a buzzsaw, man. Arkansas didn't have a great year this year, but they've been on the rise. I mean, obviously Kentucky's been on the rise. Uh, it's just it is a buzzsaw, and eventually Florida is going to come back. I think I don't know if it's under Napier or not. It's Florida. It's going to happen at some point. And then you're adding Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, it's just – it's a hell of a conference. 
it, it, it's, it's such a good conference that Texas A and M is like uh, is not even thought of right now. I know I didn't even you know put that like, in that monologue. They're not even they not even thought of. So I tell people all the time: if you live outside of the south or southeastern part of the United States, just hang it up. You you, you know you're no other region is going to win a national championship no time soon, unless it's Ohio State. I don't believe in USC whatsoever. I don't believe in them. You know, or Oklahoma. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Michigan don't have the. the no, they've had their shot. Yeah, yeah. That that's as good as they gonna get this past this this year right here. Um, you know, so it, it, it you know you can hang it up like you said. Uh, Tennessee is on the rise. Kentucky is on the rise. Um, you know, Texas gonna get in the SEC and be equivalent to a Mississippi State at the rate they're going. Um, you know, it's just it's just the truth, man. Even Vandy is on the rise. You know, and Vandy is not a good. Program by any means, but everybody in the SEC is in, is inclining right now, right? Everybody, you know, except you know, you got Alabama, who's like the the, the zenith. They're not necessarily inclining. There's nowhere for them to go but down. But uh, you got Florida. Eventually, like you said, Florida eventually is going to start to climb back up. You know, you got, you know, uh, I'm not saying that the, the new top ten. They got Florida State like ranked fifth or whatever in the new top 10. I'm like, Florida State, they got a good team coming Maybe back. Maybe because they can win the ACC because the ACC sucks. Yeah, the ACC is equivalent to the, uh, you know, 7A Region 4 around here uh, in high school. <laughs> that's, that's, what the, that's what the ACC is outside of Clemson. Here's the best way for me to put it. Kentucky is arguably, like, probably in, like, that 7-8 range, I would say, if you were to power rank based off this year and maybe going into next. I think they'll be a little higher than that next year, whatever. What other conference would Kentucky be 7th or 8th best in? I think ACC could argue they're in the top three with Florida State and Clemson. Oh, they they, I mean, they play they play Clemson for the for ACC championship. I think so too. I think so too. If they're in the right division in that case, and then you got you look at the Pac-12. I mean, uh, we'll see what Colorado does. I think USC's got a good offense. I don't think they're ever going to play much defense. I, I think they're right there in the Pac-12, Big Ten. Yeah, they're behind Michigan, probably behind Penn State, probably behind Ohio State. That's about it. Uh, Big Twelve. I don't know no, TCU. I don't really know if they're they're probably going to be a one hit wonder. For being honest, so yeah. uh, every other conference, I think Kentucky would be competing for a championship the way that Mark Stoops has built this thing every single year. If they just happen to play in the best conference of the world, yeah, it's that it's that tw- that twelve team playoff thing, man. It's, it's a feel good story. You know, you yeah. a team like Utah make it. Utah's going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know. Washington next year may make you know if it was a twelve team playoff next year Washington will be a team one of those can, group of fives is going to yeah get maybe make the playoffs maybe like a Tulane or Central Florida will make the playoffs or Cincinnati and uh and they'll run into somebody like they may they may slip up and beat somebody that we don't expect them to beat to beat then they'll run into Georgia and get beat seventy to zero it'll be you know it'll be the same yeah. thing so yeah. hey, you know what hey, here's a perfect example to look at that. UCF had that undefeated year and they beat up a, a bad Auburn team and whatever Cotton Bowl, whatever an overrated Auburn team. They go the next year to do the same thing and they get smacked by Joe Burrow. I mean, you run into the right power team like Tulane. Did they beat anyone not named USC in that bowl game? Did they beat Kansas State? I don't even think they beat Kansas State. They definitely no. don't beat Alabama. If they got matched up with Alabama, they would have lost seventy nothing. I mean. It's all based on matchups, like you said. You might have a feel-good game where UCF beats Auburn like they did, or you know Tulane beats USC. But as soon as they play a Bama or they play a Georgia, even if those teams played in Ohio State or a good Clemson, they'd get their butts kicked. Yeah, I think you know it's, it's one of those things where, man, you know, again, it's it's a revenue generator. Uh, you know, now instead of six or seven teams being in the playoff talk. Now you're going to have like 19 or 18 or 19 teams that could potentially make the playoff. It's going to be fun to listen to, to to look at and to watch. Because yeah. it'll be on campuses too. Yeah, that, that'll that be – now that's the fun part. Yeah. A playoff game on campus is extremely even fun to think about. You know, so um, that, that'll be that'll be extremely fun. But, you know, uh, they'll, run into, they'll run into Michael Myers on that corner. Uh, it'll be, it'll always be what it is, man. Yeah. Hey, man, look, I know it was a bad day for Georgia offensively, whatever. Kentucky held them to 16 points. It was 16 to six. You know, the best team in the Big 12 loses by 58 or whatever. And and that's why I say, you know, you'll put teams like Kentucky against USC. And I really truly believe that 
Kentucky will beat a USC. USC is allergic to tackling. They're not tackling Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, maybe not because of this. Maybe not last year's offense, but this, yeah. the 2021 offense beats USC. Yeah, 100%, man. So we'll see what happens. You know, I, again, I, I kind of stand by what I said, man. I just, you know, there's three teams every year that got a real shot. Yep. Uh, maybe two. This year it was two teams. It was Ohio State and Georgia that had a, a legit shot to win it all. So, yep. you know. That's what it is. And just real quick, I uh, forget who mentioned the football basketball divide, but uh, DeAndre Square tweet out. <laughs> I saw that. I think we both got karma for arguing about what type of school we are. So he, he hey man, he at least Kentucky football got a uh, got a postseason game. <laughs> I, I don't know about basketball. Who well, at, at this, this rate? rate. No, nah, probably not. Probably not. And on the NIL front, I don't know if you guys saw – I mean, we, we bounced around a little bit, but you know, we hit the Kentucky stuff. But if y'all saw the the kid that was the meme for Popeyes got an <laughs> NIL deal because he's a freshman in college now. Did y'all see? Yeah, that's awesome. Ah! I, I, I Actually, it's funny. I didn't notice it was an NIL deal. I just saw that he was playing college football and thought that was funny enough. So yeah. the fact he got an NIL deal uh, – that's even better. Yeah, Popeye's Popeye's hooked him up. I was gonna say it had to be right. That's yeah. where where that meme is from. So yeah, it had yeah. to be. That's so that's awesome. Uh, that's great. I mean that nil they can that that's able to happen now. So that's cool. That yeah. And you these little gifs and memes you see, and you just kind of keep them at that age. And these people are grown now. You know. Just, <laughs> It makes me so it's funny, dude. Last night at Rupp Arena, there was this kid that's apparently TikTok famous that they kept showing on the video board. Uh, you know it, Topher. I don't know, man. And I'm looking around, like, who the hell is this? I'm like, am I that old that I have no clue who the hell this kid is with his tongue out, wagging his head around all game is? Like, he had more energy than the players, and I don't know who he is. (laughs) I have to look that up, man. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron at 23 talking about am I that oh wow well I don't know what that is man I don't know what that is yeah I don't know who it is I know people were you know uh, a friend of mine who went to Kentucky uh, Lindsey Golf oh yeah yeah oh down in uh, Statesboro or Savannah well yeah, yeah she, she was she's in Savannah. WKYT yeah. now yeah, yeah yeah and it was funny because she was living in Savannah when I was living in Hilton Head and she actually came out to uh, the head coach at Hilton Head uh, when I was coaching down there had a this huge camp where he invited Clemson, South Carolina players. I mean, a lot of people, Ohio State guys came down. And she was there one day, and I was like, who? Like, why is she here? Kind of find out she was working for the – she was a reporter working for the news station down there. Right. So, uh, but, yeah, I saw her post the, 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 the Topher thing, and I, I just thought it was hilarious. I didn't know who the kid was. But I, just thought, <laughs> I had is, to this. go look it up this morning because I had no clue. And it was, it was just randomly funny. It was funny. It was fun. It was some of the best entertainment of the night. <laughs> so, man, AG, your Giants, man, a rematch with Minnesota. How you feel? Felt pretty good, man. I mean, they should have won that game if, you know, they, they just made, you know, it was a three-point game that came down to a 61-yard field goal when they played each other three weeks ago in the same building. Yeah. Giants made three mistakes. They had a blocked punt. They had a pick on a just a little bit of a throw behind uh, Isaiah Hodgins and uh, – they had a fumble that was really just a really good play. It was like a 15-yard pickup by the tight end, and uh, a Viking defender was able to just poke the ball free. So you you had all those mistakes, and it took a 61-yard field goal to beat you. So, And let's call it what it is. And we saw what your Cowboys did to the Vikings' defense. Uh, the Vikings' defense is trash. I mean, they're ranked 32nd in the NFL. The Giants' offense, I think, finished 15th, and they've been a top-five unit the last couple weeks. I feel pretty good. I mean, it's it's though it is. I will say, I'm not trying to you know sound like a moral victory guy, but the when the, you go four and thirteen and you make the playoffs, you're playing with house money. So if you if you lose this game, you know you're pretty proud of what this team accomplished, and you feel good about the future with the new staff and new GM and all that. If I mean, you prefer to win it, but uh, it, it's fun. It's I didn't think they'd be playing on Sunday, so I'm happy for that. Yeah, what time is that one? Uh, four thirty on Sunday. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got, you know, I got to give a shout out to uh my former teammate uh Zadarius Smith, man. Uh-oh. I don't think you know, people realize. I mean, he he's been one of the best de- defenders in the league. He's you know, not trash for, for a few years now. I mean, he yeah, he's been he's one of the best defensive ends. 
slash outside linebackers in the NFL. Um, and, you know, I just think it's cool to, you know, um, he's from my hometown. You know, we played on the same team for a year. Uh, you know, I remember the, the day he got on campus at Kentucky. Um, yeah. You know, I just think it's cool that, you know, somebody that, you know, that I know personally and, uh, you know, got a good relationship with that's uh, that's that's doing that well, man. He's yeah. he's balling out. So, no, so he I, is. Yeah, I hope he loses, but I, I hope he plays well. I hope he loses, though. But uh, no, he uh, him and that's the one matchup that scares me. And what hurt the Giants in the first one is, uh, you know, Evan Neal, the rookie right tackle at Alabama, said his up and ups and downs. He struggled more so when he faces off with the elite guys like Zadarius and uh, Daniil Hunter that got there in Minnesota. So whoever's lining up on the right side uh, is going to give me nightmares all day, and uh, it'll probably be, be be big Z for a lot of that game. So, uh, but it should be fun. I, like I said, I'm just happy to have a Giants playoff game. It's been uh, I was like 17 years old the last time that happened, so mm. I'm happy to have it back. Since we're in the off season mode too, man, look, we you mentioned uh, Montgomery quite a bit, Jalen. I've been to Tuscaloosa. I've been to Auburn. Been to Talladega. Been to Mobile, been to Selma, had family down there, been to Birmingham. My dad's dad, my granddaddy was from Leeds. My mom's dad, my granddaddy was from Marion, which is in Perry County, not far from Selma. So been to Alabama a lot. Went as a kid every year. My great-grandfather lived down there after he retired from the coal mines in Kentucky. But I've only been through Montgomery going to Mobile. So just, you know, we're in off-season mode. Just tell us about your hometown. Tell us about your city. You mentioned Z is from there. You're from there. Um, Michael Green, you were telling that story a few weeks ago. So just mm-hmm. give us a little bit of what, you know, for those that never been or I've only driven through, tell us a little bit about Montgomery. Man, it's, a, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like what, what you would picture, you know, a, a a southern city, you know, what you hear about Montgomery, you know, is all true. It's 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 a very it's a ta- it's a city full of a lot of talent. Very talented city. Uh public schools aren't that great. So we know what happens with that uh when it comes to guys, you know, not getting the shot that they deserve because they're at a school that's not, you know, very good in football or whatnot. Uh but you I mean you got some you got talent from there. Uh, there's a lot of history there, man. Um you know, I was born and raised there. My, you know, my pretty much parents were too. Uh, a lot of people from my mom's side, they're from Selma, Alabama. Uh, uh, but, you know, born and raised in Montgomery, man. Again, you know, uh, a, lot, a lot of talent in Montgomery. You know, a lot of guys who, uh, you know, who we know of, who, who you know, play in major sports. Like I said, Jamichael Green is a Darius from Montgomery, even though he ended up moving to Greenville, uh, Alabama. But, um you know, you got even Cavassier Smokes from Montgomery. Uh, yeah. You know, end up going to Wetumpka High School, but he's from Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, we we got a lot of guys, man, uh, that that come through and and do what they do in sports. Um, so this is one of those cities is very, very, very competitive um, in sports. You know, it, almost to a fault. You know, people take that stuff really, really serious, uh, especially youth football and youth basketball. So, you know, I tell, I joke all the time and I said it on here, man, some of the biggest games I've ever played came when I was in sixth, fifth, sixth and fifth and fourth grade, you know, were, you know, literally like standing room only at these high school stadiums of literally kids. So it's a, it's a city, you know, uh, consumed with sports, you know, in, in a way. It's, it's really, really, really competitive. Uh, you got a lot of guys, you know. I don't know if you guys remember um, Justin Thomas that played for Georgia Tech, starting quarterback mm-hmm. a few years back, you know, from Montgomery. We played against each other growing up, ended up playing on the same high school team. Uh, and, and and he, of course, he went to Georgia Tech. I went to Kentucky. Uh, I mean, we, I mean, I know I'm kind of like blanking on some guys right now, but we had a lot of, a lot of good talent, you know, that come from that area, man. So you go way back. You got Bart Starr, right? He's a Montgomery guy. Bart Starr, Bart Starr went to my first high school, Jefferson yeah. High School. Uh, my dad went to that school, high school. I ended up transferring, of course, but uh, but yeah, yep. Bart Starr went there. Um, Tavares Jackson, I think Tavares Jackson's one. from Montgomery. Uh, Tavares Jackson played at Alabama State, played for the Seahawks for a while, played for the Vikings, was a starter for the Vikings, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, so <laughs> it's uh, funny. I saw him. I was at a game against the Giants where they beat us 41-7 with him at quarterback. Yeah. 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 You know, rest in peace to Tavares. Uh, yeah. He, he was a, you know, a kind of a shining, a shining star in the city, man. He was a bright light in the city. Uh, I mean, we had a lot of guys, man. So uh, it's kind of, you know, not, and I always tell the story, nothing. I was blessed and fortunate to be able to come from a city like that because nothing phased me when I got to college playing sports. As you know, the lows, the downs, the the peaks and valleys, uh, the, the the tough losses and hard times at Kentucky. I never like I never even thought to like waver, uh, you know, because where we from, man, it, it's just what it is. You know, you just built that way. You know, you're tough. You keep going. You know, keep playing. Um, so I, I appreciate where I'm from uh, because it, I learned a lot. Uh, like I said, it's a hard nosed, tough city where you know if you don't bring it. Uh, you're gonna get embarrassed, and they're gonna tell you about it. So that's kind of how how it was. So um, you know, again, you'll see more and more guys coming from there, man. It's it's, it's one of those cities that's it's kind of a diamond in rough. You know, they all go there to recruit. All the top coaches go there uh, to find guys. You got Carver Carver Montgomery right now. I think they got two guys with Alabama offers. Uh, they got a four or five star guy playing defensive line at Carver Montgomery. They always have good basketball. Uh, Craig Sward, I don't know if y'all guys remember, uh, played for Mississippi State back, you know, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Played against yeah, him my cool. whole life, you know, played against him my whole life. Actually, Mississippi State in the past 12 years has had like four guys from Montgomery play basketball there. Um, you know, so, you know, one of those places, man, one of those places. You can look, <laughs> you go to t- Kentucky 247's page and look at the recruiting. You go t- one name down and Avery Stewart, a four-star prospect, is from Montgomery. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's right yeah. there. Yeah, it's a small city, but it's not that small, but it's small and it's very, uh, very, very under the radar. It's one of those cities where if they ever kind of get get on track with the funding in the schools and that type of thing, you'll see, uh, you'll see like high school sports blossom especially football because they all play at crampton bowl uh their home games are at crampton bowl where they hold the camellia bowl during bowl season and i remember growing up watching games there um you know seeing things play there i remember seeing uh who was it um who is one of those guys that played for auburn back in the day uh that played there i may have seen was it cadillac I remember I was a kid. I mean, I've seen one of those guys play high school ball. There. I was super young, maybe seven years old, six years old. Um, play so it, it, you know, they, it's a lot of talent there, man. But you know, like I said, it's it's one of those areas where you know you gotta you gotta you gotta strap it up playing sports because it's really really it's a tough place, man. So you got your capital and all the government stuff. Then you got all the the sports stuff. You got everybody loving the sports and, and you got to bring it. It's a tough, hard nose. Small under the radar type city, what it what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it is, you know. And I, I can't believe I'm blanking on some guys. There's so many guys that we have played. Jeremy Johnson that played quarterback for Auburn a few years ago. Uh that you know is from Montgomery. He, he was actually on my middle school team. Um, so you know, we we've had a lot of guys, man. Uh we've had a lot of guys uh that that come. Uh I don't know if you guys remember the Darius Gunner played for Miami. Uh, play for the Packers. That it rings a bell. It definitely played, played a bell. corner for the Packers. He was on my high school team back my sophomore right. year. Uh, in 2016, he was starting corner for the Packers. He had that rough stretch where he had to cover Julio Jones one week and the next week or the week before he had to cover uh Dez Bryant or something like that. It was something, something crazy. Um, but he, yeah, he's from Montgomery, absolute dog in high school. You know, one of the best players I've ever seen in high school. You know, so uh. And, I, and I'm still blanking, man. We got so many guys that from a small town that's just like, that's that's really, really, uh, really, really good. Uh, Mac Wilson played for Alabama, played for uh, the, the Patriots. Uh, Sean Dion Hamilton, uh, you know, played linebacker for Alabama, played for the uh, Detroit Lions, actually a coach with the Lions right now. Who's the one on the SEC Network that hates Kentucky? He's a Roman he's Harper. A Roman, Har- Roman, Roman Harper. Harper. He went to my high school. There you go. Wow. Yeah, Robert, Robert Harper went to my high school. You remember Larry Smith that played quarterback for Vanderbilt? Yeah. He went to my high school as well. You know, of yeah. course, they, they are older than I am, but he went to my high school as well. Uh, my head coach, Jamie Dubose, his, he had a relative, I, I forgot, I don't know if his cousin or what, that was uh, at one point the head coach at Alabama, uh, Mike Dubose. 
so you know, I mean, we we got a lot of guys, man. I mean, you know, I could I could go on and on. Uh, you know, so it's it's one like I said, it's one of those places, man, that you know don't get a lot of recognition, but there's a lot of talent there. Did you get some DMs for the the uh, restaurant recommendations you had? You said- I, I hadn't got one yet. I hadn't got one yet, and I, you know, I got people who, uh, who, who, you know, people that I like know that I don't count that said yeah. something about it. I don't count them, but like as far as like people that I don't know that send DMs, I hadn't got any yet. Yeah. Uh, oh, we got to get that know. done. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll send some, but uh, but yeah, man, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to going to a spring practice. I'm looking forward. Look, I haven't been there in a while, so I'm gonna be like a kid in the candy store when I see the new facilities. I get oh, a chance man. to watch. I hadn't watched a college football practice since I've left college. Mm. So that'll be exciting for me to see. I hadn't, I hadn't been back in that realm in a while, man. Uh, So uh, that'll be exciting. Maybe we can, you know, we can connect. Absolutely. You know, maybe go, go do something, but uh, I'm I'm anxious to see that, you know, I'm I'm excited to see it uh, and see how they, how they operate in the spring. Absolutely, man. Sounds good. Y'all it'll be that time before we know it. I mean, it's, it's January, February being a blink, and then it's you know March and spring is here. So it's what when does spring like officially supposed to? Do they have they released a date yet? They haven't released the date. I think it'll be that. It's usually the first week of March, where it didn't end up being like until the second or third last last year. So yes. they should right around March first. I don't know the calendar off the top of my head, but it should be right around then. Yeah, that's that's right around the corner, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, that'll be that'll be here before we know it. You know how yeah, yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Halfway through January different. already. January half over. I mean, yeah. So I mean, the college basketball season's halfway done. Yeah. More than yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's just it flies, man. Absolutely. Yeah. As of now, I got a question for y'all. You know, just watching college basketball. Who do you see? You know who who who's the who's the team? You know who who's the <laughs> team that you see kind of that can kind of make a run for it. Man, it, it's slim pickings this year, right? I mean, it can go. That's what's so freaking frustrating about what about Kentucky the season they're having because it's wide open. There, there's no team. There's no 2015 Kentucky. There's no 2019 Duke. Uh, there's no team that you look at and you're like, oh, shit, no, no, no one's beating them. There's none of that. I would say, you know, Kansas has been obviously they're the defending champs. They've been the most consistent team in the country so far. Um, but I think the only undefeated team in the entire nation is New Mexico. I mean, that's where we're at uh, right now. <laughs> uh, oh, do they lose? Or, or is, or is it over? And that's where that's Rick Pitino's kids' team. <laughs> Richard. Yeah. Oh, they lost to Fresno State. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they don't even. Okay. So no one's undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know Purdue. Purdue's got some some guys. They got that seven four center who's just. Easy. a He's everything that we kind of want Oscar to be this year. Um, so, but I'd say, you know, they're the defending champs, and until proven otherwise, I'd have to go with Kansas. Kansas, yeah, I, I can say I can honestly say that watching watching uh, March Madness is probably it's almost better than watching like playoff college football. Or that's it just is. Yeah. This is hard. I mean, it's so fun, man. And it's just hard to beat that, you know. And I and I talk to a lot of guys who play football. You can talk to a lot of them that play basketball growing up. They'll tell you that like tournament basketball is like the, it don't get no better than that, man. Like it's just it's so much fun. I mean, you know, you're traveling around. Uh, you know, you're playing. You know, as in you know, at the younger ages, you'll play a couple games in a day or every day or you know. Obviously, now you're not doing that in college necessarily. But, you know, it's, it's so fun, and I, I get it from a Kentucky fan standpoint. It makes it extra frustrating because nobody has taken the bull by the horns this year and really running with it. But uh, who knows, man? Maybe maybe Kentucky will turn that thing around. It does look like they lost – they they lack confidence right now, which is right, rightfully so. They need a game no – like, they need like a three-game stretch where they play teams that aren't that good, and they kind of like get back on their feet, so to speak. Um, because- they have that coming up, but – we can't trust them to win anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. But they, they got to find, you know, I don't know if it's Oscar or whatever. And I know he's kind of been throwing some guys under the bus, rightfully so, in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, we, you know, I know we can talk about that. But he's been, mm-hmm. you know, he, he got, I'm sure he got, mm-hmm. you know, some looks when he got back in the locker room. Like, 
Like, dang, bro. You know, but <laughs> hey, I mean, sometimes you sometimes you got to do that. You know, sometimes you got to do it to motivate him. And he obviously is a leader on the team. So, uh, you know, he got to do what he got to do. But we'll see, man. They they still got a little bit of time to turn the thing around. Um, you know, I, I, I saw Calipari kind of and I know that that's a tough deal, man. When you got to talk to the fans after the game uh, when he's like talking to the fans, like that's I know that's that's brutal um, after a game like that. But, you know, it's part of it. I mean, it's the reason why everybody knows where, where he lives, the reason why he can able to pay that yeah. mortgage. Now, let me give you a number. 1,384. Do you get, do you know what that represents by any chance? It's the last time South Carolina beat Kentucky? Well, last time Kentucky won an NCAA tournament game was 1,384 days ago. Oh, I'm I mean, sorry. That... <laughs> They have not won a t- – I mean, if they don't win a tournament this year – game this year, which they might not even make the tournament for the second mm-hmm. time in three years, it'll be five years since they – Kentucky basketball won a tournament game. I mean, it is just – the program's in dire straits right now, and they – I mean, hey, we could all – it could change in a second if they somehow, some way beat Tennessee on Saturday. But, unfortunately, we're at that stage where you have to believe it to see it and – they need a miracle uh, to beat that that buzz saw down in Knoxville. I did the little video. The, they sent the email from Believe. You can do little promos from mm. or whatever. And so I did one, and and that was my question. Look, they just played at Missouri, who was you know beat had one good win. They trailed by twenty and lost by four. They got their ass kicked. Yeah. It wasn't even that close. It wasn't even. It was a lot worse than the fourteen. Okay, you beat Louisville, beat LSU. Okay, fine. At Alabama, you lose by twenty six, and, and they that should have been thirty one. And without fifty points, if Antonio Reeves doesn't hit two meaningless threes at the end of the game, at the buzzer to crack, I was there. It points. was awful yeah. to crack fifty points. You you launching threes at the buzzer. You know, <laughs> drop this one to South Carolina, and then you're going to Tennessee, where it's been hard to win in Knoxville, no matter who. Is the coach or how good they are? I'm, I, I said this the other day. Dan, this one, Mike Pratt was struggling to win in Knoxville. Jamal Mashburn in the 90s was struggling to win in Knoxville. The 2012 Anthony Davis team won 65 62 in Knoxville. It's historically a hard place to play. They get up for Kentucky no matter what type of team they have, and now they're good. Now oh, they're and- top 10. So you know they're going to be up for this. The blood is in the water. That- Kentucky is limping down there. My question was this. Would the basketball team lose by more or less than the football team? Football lost 44 to 6, lost by 38. Will basketball lose by 38, 30? Tennessee just beat South Carolina by 40, and South Carolina just beat Kentucky. So I'm. I'm hey, <laughs> they're also retiring Chris Lofton's number. And we knew <laughs> you could bet everything you own they would do that when Kentucky's in town. <laughs> Him being from Kentucky, mm-hmm. anytime Tennessee does anything, they do it. Hey, man. I was there as a oh. fan. I was there as a fan for Bernard King and Ernie Grunfeld. They did stuff for them. Kentucky was in town. Shit. Ray Mears, the coach that was Bruce Pearl before Bruce Pearl, he was about to die. They wheeled him out in a wheelchair <laughs> for the Kentucky game. They Anytime Allen Houston from Louisville, of course, Anytime they do anything big, return a jersey, having a ceremony. It's against it's Kentucky. Kentucky's in Texas. Hey, hey I'll give you an example. I think, Jalen, you were at the game in the stands for in Knoxville, right, this yep. year? So I don't know if you caught this, but they gave the men's basketball team their SEC tournament rings, and obviously yep. they beat Kentucky. And the, the whole team goes up to the to the Kentucky section at Neyland, flashing the damn ring. Then I they do the bait. Then they do the baseball team who knocked Kentucky out of the SEC tournament semifinals, win it. They go do the same thing. I think the women's track team won a damn thing. They go do it. It's like they they own they own Kentucky right now. You just gotta tip your cap, but at the same time, it's so damn frustrating. And Kentucky is literally heading down to that bus saw at the worst possible time. I saw a tweet that said, "I, I just hope the score is not seventy-eight to twenty-nine." You know, I I was like, "Man, come it, on." It, man. That, it, 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 it can't, there's it a can't chance, bad, bro. but there's a chance Case and Wallace and Jacob Toppin are playing. So, and look, we don't, we don't know. We probably wouldn't get much with Toppin being up and down. What would he get if he had played? 
because his confidence, his his and look, he was in a bad place mentally a few weeks ago, really bad. Wallace, the back spasms. I, I was was he hurt? Was he not? Calipari? Nah, like, I don't know. Did he had back spasms? Yeah, I've been trying to dig on and, that. I can't uh, find anything. He, I mean, and with Cal been here long enough, we know how Cal is. But you were down there in Tuscaloosa, and I was I was thinking the same thing. I don't know who asked it, but somebody asked in the post game, "What can you and your staff?" do better and i sat up in my i was like this is what this question yeah needs i think to it was kyle. i think it was kyle and he just kind of hemmed and hauled and said we gotta play better away from home then that ain't that I, answer then he, i asked the guy after the alabama game if you know oscar had a bad game he had just played 40 minutes three games in a row if fatigue was setting in and he talked about how the team doesn't shoot threes well <laughs> you can't get an answer from that guy yes you can't you can't. Hey, what's the ceiling like in that place? Is it as weird in Coleman? No, it's. Oh, I thought you meant here. No, <laughs> I thought I am with the basketball team. No, no. <laughs> I'm about that Coleman Coliseum ceiling looks no, like it's it just kind of goes weird. Oh, yeah. How is that? It's laid weird. Out? I, it's. I don't know. It's kind of like a triangle almost. But I'll tell you what. It's a. It's small. It's intimate, and it's loud as all hell. I mean, okay. they were. Where? They, uh, Coleman, uh, Coleman Coliseum at Bama. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. It, I, I, I mean, I was there not too long ago. That thing yeah. is. Uh, and I must say, Tuscaloosa is not awesome. that campus is gorgeous. That town is awesome. I had a blast. Yeah, it, it's it, my brother go there now, man. It's, he love it. Um, love it. It's a uh, it's a unique place. It's a nice campus. It's a it's it's one of those schools where I mean, it's a huge school by the way. But huge uh, that basketball stadium is definitely. It's definitely uh, vertical and it's intimate. You know, it's it's really uh, it's it's one of those like, what's that movie? Uh, what's that basketball movie with like Shaq on it and all those guys? Uh, with like the small hot gym. That's that's kind of like the feel yeah. you get. Yeah, uh, it's just a it's just you know, but it's like blue chips, are you? Yeah, was it blue chips? Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies where they were like in a small like college gym, and it was I don't know, like, yeah. um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's like that, you know. So I don't know, man, but just kind of like you know, trying to be positive. Like I said, they 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 got time to turn that thing around, I guess. Um, they got to get some confidence, some type of way. Uh, they, you know, they probably got to go ten and four. Yeah, go go ball control, Tennessee. Hold the ball. Get you know, get uh get last second shots. That would that would put them twenty and ten. If you get a few quad ones in there and you do well in the SEC tournament, you probably get in because you're Kentucky. Well, you got you got Tennessee twice, well, got Arkansas, Arkansas twice, Auburn, Auburn, and Kansas. Uh, there's another quad one in there as well. Uh, I'll pull it up real quick. You got Kansas in the non-conference. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough pill to swallow, man. It's a tough mm. pill to swallow. I feel for those fans. Uh, I'll I'll say this last night, you know, at tip off, it was probably the smallest SEC crowd I've ever seen hmm. at Rep Arena. It did. I think it filled in OK toward the end of the game. It definitely was loud when they went on that 10-0 run. But uh, I'm <laughs> it's going to be uh, they're going to be a lot of empty seats at, uh, for the nine o'clock tip against Georgia. Oh, next week. Let's, let's put it that way. You can't wait for that one. Kid. Oh, <laughs> nine o'clock, boy. No, oh, against Georgia. Oh, God, dude. Those, you know, they just had the eight o'clock against LSU, and I thought that was bad. So, but nothing, yeah. just, I mean, these these type of games, even at Rupp, aren't safe right now until they start playing better. And no, it's, you know, it's, wait, Georgia, it's believe it and we'll see it mode. I mean, Georgia comes in and steals one, it won't surprise us the way they are playing right now. Now, that's not saying they can't get it together, but the way they're playing right now, you know, at Vanderbilt, that's another one that's been tough historically. They can't win on the road. Yeah. You know, it, good teams, a lot better teams than this one have went to Nashville and lost in Memorial Gym. So, it's you know, it's, it's just it is it's, it's where we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I did see a couple clips of, the, like, the, like mid-game. You can kind of see the stands. And it's definitely uh, – it's definitely not, not 2012 vibes. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, and of so. course you got the stupid. You know, you know how I feel about Shane Beamer. Not my favorite coach, not my favorite guy. Uh, 
of course, we got the stupid congratulating uh, South Carolina basketball tweet from Shane Beamer and all oh. cringy about winning in Lexington. Like, uh, it's painful. Unbelievable. Can't look, can't even Ugh. look them in the eye right now because they're winning everything against us, South Carolina. Of all, of all freaking places. The one, ugh, it's gross. It's gross. South Carolina, not, they. They're not going to be bad in football next year either. I mean, no, nah, it's going to that's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, yeah. They, you know they're going to be they're going to be a solid team. They're going to be one of those scary teams that that everybody try to put Georgia on upset alert again, uh, which it ain't going to happen. Not in Athens. It's in Athens too. Yeah, no way. It ain't going to happen. Uh, but they that's going to be one of the games. Kentucky's going to be one of the games, and uh, Tennessee's going to be Tennessee one of the and games. Neyland. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, at in Neyland is going to be one of the games that people try to. Build up. Um, they ain't losing the game. <laughs> just not. Man, I, you know, again, we watch Georgia, and you know, as a college football fan or whatever, you look at them and say, "Yeah, I mean, you know, they there's nobody beating. Like, I don't care who you can, you can mix the best players from you know Alabama and LSU, and they're still not beating. Um, still not beating Georgia. No, Georgia, Georgia's that good." At least yeah. were you know were they good? Now we'll see. It take new team takes on a new, uh, you know, a new a new energy, a new kind of feel. So we'll see if they can do that do that next year. But I'm just just excited to see. Uh, you know, if I'm being completely frank, I hadn't I watched like a half of a basketball game this year. I catch like the highlights because I just can't I just can't stomach it, man. Uh, I used to love watching basketball, but now I don't know what it is. It's like you know, just oh, I'm muted, man. So I wait till uh, I wait till uh, I wait till the tournament time. You know, I watch the yeah. SEC, and yeah. but the regular season is just I don't know. It just it just don't look good to me. So again, hopefully Kentucky can can uh, make some changes, man, and uh, you know, and get that thing back on the track because. It's definitely uh, veering off right now. So yeah. I may be able to, you know, they may start giving tickets away for free in a minute. <laughs> they basically are. They were low uh, on Tuesday. So. Mm-hmm. Well, fellas, I think we got everything in this episode. I think we got the football, we got the basketball, we got the college football playoffs, we got NFL playoffs, got a little uh, perspective on the city of Montgomery from Jalen, his hometown. Uh, and this, I mean, kind of a milestone. This is episode number 150 of Believe in Kentucky. So uh, wow. props on that, man. Just stacking episodes and putting out content for the people. Hope everybody enjoys it. Y'all DM Jalen and tell him some restaurants. Yeah, for real. He said he's going to do something nice. So he got some of his sleeves. Yeah, I, yeah I'll, I, I don't know yet, but I'll I'll do something nice. Uh you know, it got to be, you know, it got to be, I got to enjoy the restaurant, though. <laughs> it got to be, be like, it can't be, you know, it got to be somewhere good. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I got this thing, I got this list in my head where I'm just knocking out, you know, all the places that I ever wanted to go to or places that people told me that are really good. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of, you know, crossing them off the list, man. Yeah, it's fun to do that. And look, this podcast does nice stuff for folks, man, back when the homie Tony Delp was co-hosting, I did a little giveaway and like three or four episodes before he was going to join for the first one. Uh, talked about, you know, gave out some little trivia stuff about him. Let the listeners try to guess who the co-host was. I gave out some some hard stats, not just, oh, he wore double zero for Kentucky in the 90s. Oh, you know, everybody's going to know that. But, you know, some obscure stats. I said, you know, he played uh all 82 games of the nba season uh, one year of his career he, he did he did do that random stuff that people have to dig and kind of work to find and a dude submitted in the questions he either put it on the facebook page or dm me or something but he got it right and tony Delt got his own line of wine so i bought a bottle of wine and sent it to the dude you know since he got the trivia request so yeah we, this podcast do some nice stuff for some listeners yeah. so, hey oh, yeah. dm Jalen a restaurant if he enjoys it yeah, yeah we, we, we trying to get y'all some stuff listeners so hey listeners pay attention dm this man and 
give them a good restaurant recommendation uh, and you just might be the winner that he selects. Don't forget our merch too. Got Cat Daddy shirts, shop.believe.com. And look, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully, man, well, probably talking about a ugly loss to Tennessee in basketball. But uh, yeah, whatever. But we'll have some Liam Cohen takeaways. We might yes. have, we should have a new running back committed Friday and the high school variety. So that'll be good. So yeah. there'll be some stuff. And I think there's some creative things we can do with football in the offseason, too. Yeah, so we got football guests to get and football stories to tell. And Jalen still got football knowledge to dispense. So it's not going to be a lull in football just because there's no games still gonna be football episodes coming every single week y'all so keep tuning in that's the beauty of the portal i mean there's always we didn't even get to we'll get to it next week we have to is uh kavasi smoke going to play for Deion sanders so there's plenty uh there's still plenty going on that's right it crosses our mind when when you say it was from montgomery i know we all was like oh yeah he's going to colorado but we yeah but yeah coach brown baby ag man we Keep checking out your content on the Cat's Paws, the rock bottom article, since we did talk about <laughs> basketball in this one. That's what you wrote about. In addition to all the football stuff you're writing. So y'all keep doing what you're doing. Keep up the good work, everybody. Y'all keep listening. We appreciate you. And for more of this, tune in next week on Believe in Kentucky. For Jalen and AG, this is Vinny Hardy. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.